0: (laughs) Anyone in the room thought about sex today? Yeah, you did. Thank you for putting your hand up over there. (laughs) Well, I'm here to provide you with some biological validation for your sordid daydreams. I'm here to tell you a few things that you might not have known about wild sex. Now, when humans think about sex, male and female forms are generally what come to mind. But for many millions of years, Such specific categories didn't even exist. Sex was a mere fusion of bodies or a trickle of DNA shared between two or more beings. It wasn't until about 500 million years ago that we start to see structures akin to a penis or a thing that gives DNA out and a vagina, something that receives it. Now, invariably, you're probably thinking about what belongs to our own species, these very familiar structures, but the diversity that we see in sexual structures in the animal kingdom that has evolved in response to the multitude of factors surrounding reproduction is pretty mind-blowing. Penile diversity is especially profuse. So this is a paper nautilus. It's a close relative of squid and octopus, and males have a hectocotylus. Just what is a hectocotylus? A detachable, swimming penis. It leaves the male of the body, <laughs> finds the female through pheromonal cues in the water, attaches itself to her body, and deposits the sperm. For many decades, biologists actually felt that the hectocotylus was a separate organism altogether. Now the tapir is a mammal from South America, and the tapir has a prehensile penis. It actually has a level of dexterity in its penis much akin to what we have with our hands. And it uses this dexterity to bypass the vagina altogether and deposit sperm directly into the female's uterus. Not to mention, it's a pretty good size. The biggest penis in the animal kingdom, however, is not that of the tapir. The biggest penis to body size ratio in the animal kingdom actually belongs to the meager beach barnacle. And this video is actually showing you what the human penis would look like if it were the same size as that of a barnacle. Mhm. So, with all of this diversity in structure one might think then that penises are fitting neatly into vaginas all over the place for the purposes of successful reproduction simply insert part a into slot b and we should all be good to go but of course That doesn't exactly happen, and that's because we can't just take form into account. We have to think about function as well. And when it comes to sex, function relates to the contributions made by the gametes, or the sperm and the eggs. And these contributions are far from equal. Eggs are very expensive to make, so it makes sense for females to be very choosy about who she shares them with. Sperm, on the other hand, is abundant and cheap. So it makes more sense for males to have a more sex is better strategy when it comes to siring members of future generations. So how do animals cope with these very incongruent needs between the sexes? I mean, if a female doesn't choose a particular male or if she has the ability to store sperm and she simply has enough, then it makes more sense for her to spend her time doing other biologically relevant things, avoiding predators, taking care of offspring, gathering and ingesting food. This is, of course, bad news for any male who has yet to make a deposit in her sperm bank, and this sets the scene for some pretty drastic strategies for successful fertilization. This is bedbug sex, and it's aptly termed traumatic insemination. Males have a spiked, barbed penis that they literally stab into the female and they don't stab it anywhere near her vagina, they stab it anywhere in her body, and the sperm simply migrates through her hemolymph to her ovaries. If a female gets too many stab wounds, or if a stab wound happens to become infected, she can actually die from it. Now, if you've ever been out for a nice peaceful walk by the lake and happened to see some ducks having sex, you've undoubtedly been alarmed because it looks like gang rape. And quite frankly, that's exactly what it is. A group of males will grab a female, hold her down, and ballistically ejaculate their spiral-shaped penis into her corkscrew-shaped vagina over and over and over again. From flaccid to ejaculation in less than a second. Now, the female actually gets the last laugh, though, because she can actually manipulate her posture so as to allow the sperm of certain suitors better access to her ovaries. I like to share stories like this with my audiences because, you know, we humans, we tend to think sex. Sex is fun. Sex is good. There's romance. And there's orgasm. But orgasm didn't actually evolve until about 65 million years ago with the advent of mammals. Some animals had it going on quite a bit before that. There are some more primitive ways of pleasing one's partner. Earwig males have either really large penile appendages or really small ones. It's a very simple, genetically inherited trait. and the